0: The U.S. delivered a sharp fall in GDP in the first quarter. That wasn't expected, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're heading to a recession. We'll look at why that might be the wrong conclusion to make. In fact, equity markets are strong as ever, and bond yields haven't really moved too much either, except for two years in the U.S., which is suggesting the Fed is going to push ahead with their sizable hike next week. And the ECB definitely heading in that direction, too, as German inflation rose higher. The weakest currency overnight, the Japanese yen, as the bank there commits to holding interest rates down. The Opposite stance. It's Friday, the 29th of April, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. And so the US dollar still rises higher and higher, another 0.6% or so on the DXY, over 103.6, the highest in 20 years now. The weakness today is in the Japanese yen falling 1.9%, the pound losing 0.6%, the euro is down half percent, the Aussie is down 0.4% at 71 US cents now, the Kiwi dollar. The lowest of the year so far, falling below 64 cents. And US stocks racing up. Over 3% for the Nasdaq at close. 2.3% for the S&P 500. 1.9% for the Dow. Nothing can stop it. Uh, Europe has got the same story, although not quite as steep. The uh, the FTSE and the Euro stocks 50, both at 1.1% this morning. And oil is rising too. Another 3.2% for WTI. 2.2% for Brent. Brent is back over $107 now. And sharp movements in bonds in Europe. Less so in the United States. 10-year bunds up 10 basis points, up to 0.9%, remembering that in February uh, they were stuck in negative territory for years uh, before that. Two years are up 19 basis points this morning, and we're seeing rises just as sharp in France, Italy, Spain, Greece, the Netherlands, whereas the US saw bonds climbing just one basis point for 10 years, nine for two years. So yields are up, and the curve is steepening quite a bit everywhere, it seems. Uh, so has got much of this got to do with the US GDP? Maybe there's this belief that because they were so far down, if the US is heading for a recession, what hope is there for the rest of us? But uh, does the surprise downward turn in GDP numbers necessarily spell the onset of recession? Uh, Let's find out. Here's Nabs Tapper Strickland. Because if you dig into the numbers, it wasn't all bad news, was it? I mean, domestic demand, for example, consumption is still rising.
1: Uh, Good morning, Phil. Yes, they're quite an interesting set of GDP figures for the US. And the headline, at least, was uh, it came out... Negative 1.4 percent annualized, which is well below the consensus of plus 1.0 percent. But when you looked below the hood, um, it did suggest the domestic economy was was still performing relatively well, and uh, the main drags were actually by net trade and by uh, by inventory. So when you look at net trade, it detracted 3.2 percentage points, and inventories uh, detracted 0.8 percentage points. So when you actually look at consumption business investment and housing, they actually were pretty strong and consumption was running at 2.7% annualized. Um, And so the the markets did um, quickly dismiss the uh, GDP print. But when you do look into the details, it does suggest things were still a little bit softer than what some people were thinking. So while consumption was still strong, at 2%, uh, 2.7% annualized. It did miss consensus at 3.5% annualized. And I think that puts a premium on the PC real spending figures that we get out later today. Um, and just worth noting the consensus for real spending in the U.S., is for it to have fallen 0.1% month on month in March. And when you look at the University of Michigan Consumer Confidence Index, those buying intentions are at extremely low levels there. So it does suggest the risk that consumer demand does does start to falter in the front of uh, considerable inflation pressures and also from um, high yields and from high rates as well. Well,
0: Tappas, you're the economist here, so you can tell me to chuff off if I'm putting uh, two and two together to get five. But I'm looking at this and saying, if we've got inventories down uh, and uh, people are demanding more, uh, but you know, and most of that is coming in the form of imports, and we also saw the GDP price index rising as well. Doesn't all that point to the fact that you know inflation is just going to
1: get worse? Uh, yeah, so that is one interesting aspect of it, and a really. Um is contingent on consumers starting to pivot away from goods and more towards services and whether that pivots starts to occur. And so that's the reason why I think those real spending figures that come out later today will be quite crucial in marrying up that. But since at least the last FOMC meeting, so the FOMC obviously meets next week, um, we've had further pressures in terms of supply chain. So obviously China in lockdown and the Russia-Ukraine crisis doesn't seem to be coming to an end anytime soon. And so both of those things are going to be no. continuing to add to inflationary pressures there. So central bank's they're going to be forced to uh, hiking rates, keep tr- trying to keep inflation expectations low, uh, while at the same time being very wary that that could al- also start to slow their own respective economies. Right, which is why we saw uh, two-year
0: bond yields up even more today, because there's this you know rising expectations, and it's going to be 50 basis points at least next week. But meanwhile, I mean, the good news is business investment is up. Uh, and we're seeing a more positive outlook from listed companies as well, which is why, despite everything, shares are up today. Nothing is going to stop them at the moment, it seems.
1: Uh, yes, and you did get some pretty good earnings reports out of um, Meta or Facebook after the close yesterday, and that really did help. Propel the S and P 500 up, and I think when you look at uh, Facebook stock, I think it's up eighteen percent. So that was one of the major drivers of the rise in the Nasdaq and also the S and P 500. There, uh, we do get um, some big tech earnings after the close today, including Apple and Amazon. And just worth noting, um, after next week, after the FMC is out of the way and after the RBA as well, um, there's not too many mm. key risk events out there. And so, if investors had been positioning uh, short, at least in terms of equities, at least in terms of maybe options or taking out some of the downside risk, um, then it's quite possible that you get a little bit of a further squeeze higher from here just because you're starting to get some of those key risk events coming out of the yeah. way.
0: All right. Well, uh, so Core PC, as you say, is going to be the, the read that we really want to pay attention to. And uh, employment costs, personal income and spending. Uh, I mean, spending growth was very low in February, wasn't it? So maybe that'll... But that was adjusting for January. So these numbers have been all over the place, of course. Oh, yes,
1: definitely. But I think the... Personal spending numbers are the ones to watch, really, because it's still uncertain how the U.S. consumer will react to uh, inflationary pressures and also to higher rates. And you're starting to see that rollover occurring in the housing market. And does that start to impact on, on consumers as consumer sentiment does suggest it?
0: So if personal spending goes down, does that moderate the, the approach being taken by uh, by the Fed or is it just too late for that now?
1: I think with the Fed, um, they're really concentrated on trying to get inflation and repressions down, trying to make sure inflation expectations don't rise. When you look at that 10-year break-even, it's at least 90 basis points above its longer average level. So that does tell you that inflation expectations are rising on the back of higher headline inflation. There, So I think the Fed has to remain relatively aggressive. But are the first signs of inflation easing? Um, Then maybe the Fed starts to take its foot off the brake.
0: And meanwhile, in Europe, are they starting to put their foot on the accelerator? Because we've got yields rising a great deal, particularly at the front end today. Uh, This is on the back of stronger than expected CPI numbers for Germany. uh, And not hugely more than expected, but higher. And uh, obviously, this is fueling expectations that the ECB will have to move faster. We get uh, more CPI numbers for the whole of the eurozone, don't we, today as well? And GDP numbers for Germany as well, for Q1, which is... Expected to grow as well a bit, I think.
1: Oh yes, definitely. And the main um, reason for that rise in yields is just the inflationary picture there, and more expectations that the ECB will start to react to that. So there was a few ECB speakers saying that the ECB is likely to raise rates in the third quarter, and uh, that's definitely coming up to be the consensus there. And then the question really is, how high do they have to lift those rates? And and we're talking about inflation expectations in the US. Inflation expectations, at least on the market measures, are also rising quite strongly in Europe as well. So the ECB is very wary that obviously a lot of the inflation is being driven by the energy side, and uh, that could... Act to slow the eurozone economy and may even tilt it into recession um, but at the same time if inflation expectations keep rising then they may actually have to start raising rates in order to dampen inflation expectations. Well just outside
0: the ECB's uh, remit with the Rix Bank uh, lifted their rates didn't they
1: that wasn't expected and
0: they are citing inflation risk they're obviously worried about it.
1: Oh, definitely and I think this inflation expectations one is quite important here so that was their Main argument. So when you look at their published statement, they said they raised uh, the rate to counteract the high inflation from becoming entrenched in price and wage setting. Um, so I think that's quite important. I think that's what central banks are basically reacting to at, at the moment. Um, the Ricks the, the, the Bank is guiding uh, another two to three hikes for this year and getting their Cash rate to somewhat below two percent in three years' time.
0: I mean, going to hit sort of new records, I think, with currencies, aren't we? I mean, well, not all time records, but I mean, the euro is getting very close to hitting parity with the US dollar. It's at a dollar five now. That that five cents could be gone next week, couldn't it? With the, the way the US dollar is going, uh, or are we going to see the the US dollar coming back off a little? Nothing seems to be stopping it at the moment. Obviously, that's impacting the uh, the Aussie dollar as well and the Kiwi dollar, which you know also getting hit by sentiment.
1: And China lockdowns as well. Uh, definitely. And when talking about um, new new records, when you look at the US dollar DXY index, it's at a 20-year high. So you are getting multi-decade levels here. <clears throat> and I think the key thing for um, FX markets at the moment is really that dollar yen. And um, after the Bank of Japan meeting yesterday, when the Bank of Japan double down on its promise to defend its 10-year YCC target by offering an unlimited amount of bonds to buy at fixed rates every business day, whereas previously it would do it on an ad hoc basis. You have seen the yen fall by quite a lot. I think um, uh, yen is down by about uh, 2.1%. I'm currently hovering at that um, 130 to 131 level there. Um, and that's adding to a lot of the um, dollar strength that we are seeing. And the weakness in yen is spilling over to a lot of the crosses, Um, particularly dollar CNH, which is up by around more than 1% over the past 24 hours. And then you go to Europe, and uh, the situation in Europe um, and also in the UK does not look pretty, especially with the way energy prices are going and the war in Russia and Ukraine. So there doesn't seem to be too much in the way to stop uh, dollar strength at the moment.
0: No. And in Japan, its I mean, it's so 2020 there, isn't it? Because on, on the one side, you've got uh, uh, the central bank stepping in uh, with monetary easing, uh, but also uh, fiscal measures introduced in Japan this week as well. They're trying to counter those fuel prices with some cash handouts, particularly to, to low-income households. So, uh, you know, that combination of monetary and fiscal measures, uh, so it odds with the rest of the world, which I guess explains why the currency is taking such a hit. Uh, So uh, you mentioned the UK there. What about, so because it's the Bank of England next week as well, isn't it? Uh, And lots of signs of demand destruction there, or output falls anyway, whether it's supply or demand driven. So car production fell in Q1 by over 30%. Uh, Over the same period, business closures were up 23%. A lot of that in warehousing and storage. And we saw two-year guilt years. They haven't moved very much uh, today, but they've fallen this week, whereas everywhere else they seem to be going up. So maybe the thinking is there's uh, n- no appetite for a move right now from the Bank of England.
1: Yeah, so the Bank, of, Bank of England officials have been talking um, a couple of weeks ago, and they seem fairly mixed. Uh, Governor Bailey seemed relatively cautious on balancing the need mm. um, for higher rates against what's happening in activity in the economy. But I uh, Catherine Mann was more on the hawkish side, um, saying that they still need to uh, lift rates, make uh, policy a little bit tighter, um, especially just given the rise in inflation expectations there. So I think the UK will be an interesting bellwether for a lot of the other central banks right around the world, just to see how they're going to balance out um, weakening activity and uh, persistent uh, inflation pressures, especially if uh, inflation expectations are continue to rise there
0: now you mentioned that the war could drag on i mean it is just getting worse isn't it Uh, the news overnight russia is pulling mercenaries from libya to help with the fighting the uk foreign secretary has warned that it could last for a decade she reckons and uh, joe biden asking congress for 33 billion dollars uh, in aid, which will include more arms for Ukraine. Putin has responded to that by saying that if someone uh, from outside tries to intervene in Ukraine and create strategic threats for Russia, his response is going to be lightning fast. We have the tools, he says, that no one can boast of, and we will not be bragging about them. We'll just use them if necessary. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Happy days there. And we had a, a missile strike on downtown Kiev uh, as well, while the UN Secretary General was in town as well. And yet. The share market is uh, continuing to rise, even in Europe, which is so close to all of this action. Of course, uh, you know, you I guess you can't price in the worst case scenario because that is just too unthinkable, isn't it? it, it we're just looking at the short term things like it, like gas supplies, obviously, for example.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. And I think at least for markets, that's where the focus is at, at, at the moment. Um, at the moment, we've had the Russia-Ukraine crisis going for Quite some time, So unless it were to escalate further, um, then I don't think markets react too much to, to those headlines.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, closer to home, the ANZ Consumer Confidence Read for New Zealand this morning. Other than that, it really is uh, euro inflation, isn't it? German GDP, the US core PC deflator we, we talked about, uh, all that to look out for. In a nutshell, inflation and a bit of growth. That's where the focus is. Uh,
1: definitely. And just worth um, keeping in mind those US real spending figures, I think they'll be uh, looked at. Quite closely. Also in the US, we get the uh, employment cost index and um, just the spillover from inflation to to wages has been one of the reasons why the FOMC has become so hawkish there. The consensus is that we'll still see a fairly punchy um, employment cost index, so no real slowing down uh, in employment costs in the US at least. All right. Leave it there for now. Have a great weekend when you get around to it. Thanks, Tapas. Cheers. Uh, Thanks, Phil.
0: And uh, quickly before we go, after close earnings in the US have been interesting, one of the best quarter earnings results ever for Apple, beating expectations with a 9% rise in revenue, whereas Amazon posted its first quarterly loss since 2015. That is because we are all going back to things called shops and saving on the cardboard boxes. A busy week next week with lots of central banks, so have a good weekend and be with us on Monday morning bright and early as we take you through all of that. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Thanks for listening.